Hey, I'm Russ. And I'm Steve. Growing up in the 80s, we were introduced to video games, movies, and technology that made a lasting impression on us and forever enriched our lives. I think I'm gonna cry! It's been a fascinating journey to be a part of, one that we constantly treasure. Fire! Booty! Our goal is simple. Share our magical moments of discovery and geek out with lovely folks. Just like you! Uh, achievement unlocked! So if you crave pixel goodness, memorable moments, and experiences that make your inner child do the happy dance, you've come to the right place. Let's do this! Welcome to Joygasm! <laughs> yeah! Welcome back to Joygasm, where we talk about video games, movies, and pop culture. My name is Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360, and joining me is my bodacious brother, Steve, Xbox Live Steve Vich, as we begin on episode 39 on this September 23rd, 2017. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to show us some love, you can find us on Twitter at JoygasmTV and Facebook.com slash JoygasmTV, in addition to iTunes and Android. You can also listen to our podcast on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash JoygasmTV, or search JoygasmTV on YouTube. And no matter which platform you use to enjoy the show, please drop us a subscription, thumbs up, or a review. It helps us build awareness, which we appreciate very much. And don't forget about Twitch as well. We are starting to have a presence on there. Just do a search for Joygasm TV and join us on our gaming adventures. We have a lot to chat about today. Ah! The world of gaming has a plethora of moving and shaking going on, specifically with Nintendo, Naughty Dog, Bungie, PewDiePie, and Rockstar Games. Movie News has a ton of developments as well, including Wonder Woman, Hellboy, Star Wars, The Punisher, Tomb Raider, The Joker, True Lies, and John Wick. True Lies? Wait, what? Oh, oh, you're you're in for a little surprise. I like some true lies. Our topic of the day is the Overwatch Junker Town level impressions. But first things first, Steve, how are you? Russ, I am less mucusy than I was this time last week. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, because uh, we uh, we emptied out that tissue box and um, there have been a many more <laughs> since. Yes. So uh, healthy is good. Good. You know, I'm sure our listeners are thankful also for all the hacking and blowing noses and and clearing of throats. <laughs> you know, I have a feeling that they're probably more forgiving about that due to the fact that we are an audio podcast. I think that once we actually are at the point of, of having video broadcast, that's probably going to be a little more disgusting to watch. But I feel like they're like, yeah, you know what? They're 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 normal. They're they're like just like me. They're human. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we would definitely. <sighs> We, we like to do things live around here. We don't like to do too much editing of any sorts. Nah. Nah. Well, how are you? I'm sprightly, Steve. I'm very glad you asked. Yeah. No, I'm feeling <laughs> way better. <laughs> Normally, I, I would never ask how you're doing, but you know, today's an exception. Normally, I hate having to ask you how your day's going, but do you? <laughs> Normally, I would roll Podcast. my eyes. <laughs> I feel compelled to have to ask you, how are you? Uh, I'll be civil today. <laughs> I think I'm about 95% over this particular cold, so I'm, I'm definitely thankful for that. Um, I'm sure I will have the uh, the random Hakalugi, uh, what, what is it, like just, just the mode? 
the, the uh, whatever it is. Occurrence. Occurrence. I'll go with occurrence. I'll buy that for a oh, dollar. Boy. I'll buy it for <clears> 50 cents. <throat> Actually, I'm very, very glad that my energy has returned mostly and the fact that I'm, I'm staring into your mug mm. across the table there. Yeah. That's good. It is hairy. <laughs> it, it is muggy. It is muggy. <laughs> it is a mug. That's right. It's a mug that looks like a pug. Oh, a kind of pug you want to sit in your lap and pet its head. <laughs> Scratch its jowls. Oh, jeez. Just don't hump my leg. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So have you been playing any games lately, Steve? And watching anything? What have you been up to? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, oh, I got a couple things to tell you. Mm-hmm. So as you know, I've been obsessed with Forza uh-huh. lately. I didn't say that much with the Italian accent, but yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, anyhow, uh, something more like a <laughs> '80s big hair rock group or something. Yeah. Uh, um. I've been making a great use of the auction house. I'm telling you, Rose. I remember you mentioned this on uh, last episode. Man, I don't have near the amount of money that you have in the game, but I, I'm telling you, I, I mean, <laughs> I bought two Ferrari 599 GTBs for less than the price of one out of like the regular regular store. Really? And I sold one for three times the price in the auction house. So I mean, I'm making money, Russ. Well, good. And then I bought another one. I bought a 355, an F355 for like 20,000. Retails for 200,000. Mm. Um, uh, what else did I buy? All right, I think I bought a couple of things. I bought a Lotus and I bought um, some other stuff. I want to buy, oh, you know what I did? No, I have no idea. Yeah, okay, I, I true. <laughs> So I, I finally maximized all the venues. And so I, I, as a reward, I got myself, I purchased it out of the regular store, mm-hmm. uh, the P330 Ferrari. Oh. Uh-huh. This car, Russ, I'm telling you, this car's a legend. And I think all the youngsters might be buying all like the later stuff. I'm more of a classic kind of a guy. Is it a legend among legends? It's Steve? a legend among Le Mans. It, it, like a lot of sports cars aim to be this car. Like this car is like driving perfection as far as like, you know, shifting the gears and the sound and the interaction with the vehicle and everything. It, I mean, this is, this is art on wheels. I'm telling you what. My, my. When I started to drive the vehicle, it, uh, it didn't sound quite as good as it does, you know, it, and, real life but you know i know they can only do so much with it but it's funny towards the lower rpms like uh like four thousand and below uh-huh. it sounds great but as soon as you get like beyond that towards like the higher end it just sounds like uh, just every other car that's revving really really high in the game i'm like oh man give me some of that p330 do you actually know what a, what that sounds like? Yeah, I do. Okay. I'm like, I have, I've never heard it in real life. We had one at the shop that was the sedan version of the car, and the car is worth like $3 million right now. Oh. Uh, I mean, it's worth a lot of money. And I can find it under my couch. Yeah, so I mean, I, I we never, I mean, of course, we never uh, revved anybody's car, but um, so I heard I'm it sure pulling in. Yeah, <laughs> pulling in and pulling out, but um, I looked the car up plenty of times on YouTube, and it, it, the car just, it gives me goosebumps. It sounds so good. <laughs> I like it. 
Oh, good for you. Indeed. Other than that, I'm 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 pretty uh, junk or towned out because I've been playing that whole week. You've been playing a ton. Yeah, You've been the, doing your homework. Good job, Steven. That's the only level I've been playing in Overwatch like the entire week. Uh-huh. Ugh. Well, I actually beat Halo Wars 2. And I can't remember if I said that last episode. I think I was playing Halo Wars 2 last episode, but I was able to, to get through the single-player campaign. Mm. It was fun. It was a lot more fun than I expected it to be, so that was certainly a... Uh, a nice surprise. I remember I played Halo Wars 1 mm-hmm. back in the day, uh, and that was really fun, but that, it deserved like one playthrough, and that was really, really good, but I was like, mm, I'm, kidding, I'm kind of done with it after that, but I'm, but that was for 360. That wasn't for Xbox One, so. Right. Yeah, yeah and this one, um, you know, I, I just, I went through the, the single-player campaign, and now I'm interested in actually trying out the multiplayer because, and this is one of the things that I've I've chatted about in the past, which is just that when Halo Wars 2 first was sneak peeked out on Xbox Live as a beta, I ended up downloading it because I was curious to try it out, but then I realized there was no campaign whatsoever. It wasn't like I took like one particular level or scenario from the single player campaign. It was just online beta, which makes sense because the company um, was probably just trying to get a better idea of just the strain on the servers and just, you know, all the callbacks, latency, all that fun stuff. However, I ended up not trying out the beta at all when it came out just because I had no idea how to play the game and I didn't want to look foolish online. It's, it's kind of this funny psychological response that I had to it. But it was just one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I, I don't want to go online and then I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to like build a supply depot and all of a sudden I get, I get you know, uh, rushed by someone who knows what they're doing and I, it's just game over. So ended up not doing that. I did buy the game. Totally forgot I owned it. Of course. That's <laughs> never happened before. Are you kidding me? I, I know. So I, I, I'm going through my games and apps and, and I, I think I mentioned that last week. I, I came across, I was like, oh yeah, I have this. So I started playing through the campaign. It was fun. The cutscenes are fantastic. I mean, they're just triple A, produ- like high production value. I think they hired Blur Studio out of LA to actually create those. And of course, they're like pretty much the, the 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 cream of the crop when it comes to all of the the gaming cinematics that you've come to know and love. I can just see you going through your library going <laughs> Yes. Oh! I haven't played that one. <laughs> what is this? Yeah, it happens and, and it's actually great to to have those types of situations because sometimes you just you're not in the mood to play certain types of games and other times games that get passed over, you look at it and you're like, you know what? I'm in the mood for you. So then I <laughs> me? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to trying on the, uh, trying on, no, trying out yeah, the just, online multiplayer oh, mode. It doesn't fit anymore. What the? And, uh, <laughs> I've gained a few pounds. <laughs> the other game that I beat the campaign on was Destiny Dose. Oh, you've been really putting in the time. I have. Went in there, made it my own. So I'm now level 20, which is like the the max level, numerically speaking, that you can get to with a character. However, that's when apparently the real game begins when you start oh. going on the crusades and you're doing the yeah. raids. And that's when the work begins. That is when the real work begins. And so I'm looking forward to kind of hooking up with some people. Actually, Big Baby Moose invited me. He sent me an invite to his uh, DOD clan. So mm. I just recently accepted. Hey, I'm new here. Oh, how's everybody doing? <laughs> Who's the new guy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sounds kind of whiny. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so we're going to have to hold his hand too. 
See, the other problem too is that that uh, there is a light level, which I don't know if you remember or not, but there's a numerical value that goes up and it, it's basically like what your light power or your light level is. Yeah. And that apparently is a number that's even more important than getting to level 20. Hmm. So you are able to increase that number by getting better gear, better weapons, that sort of thing. Mm. And apparently you have to be at least like level 270 light. I'm about a 300 light, but that's because I never go in the sun. And my skin just really that bright. Ah, right. Oh, that's a bad job. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I currently am at 185, I think it is when it comes to the light level. And so I'm, I'm still severely behind. I need to just kind of mess around, do some PVE stuff, some public events. And I think that will hopefully bump me up to a point of being mm-hmm. worthy. Other than that, have you got any new emotes? Can you, I, can you, can you do the Macarena? I've gotten more emotes actually uh, since I, I beat the campaign. Mm. I now have a sparrow. Sparrow, oh. get the sparrow. Did you did you see uh, Nick with a sparrow when we were playing or not? I don't think you did. No. So I, it's essentially like it's like it's like the equivalent of the Star Wars land speeder, mm. which is great because these levels are so large that when you're trying to get to public events, the public events are timed. Does it have anything to do with Jack Sparrow? None whatsoever. <laughs> However, you can use the old British accent if you wanted to. It always sounds better to say sparrow. Um, but yeah, like the the sparrow is designed to be able to get you from point A to point B really quickly. And and believe me, as I was playing with big baby no- big baby, I was gonna say big baby noose, big uh, baby nipple, moves. big baby nipple, <laughs> really, Russ. Uh, okay, as well as Mister Pruitt. Um, they had, they both had uh, sparrows and I did not. Therefore I had to huff it and puff it clear across a map. And see, here's the thing about it is, is yeah, exactly. All the other characters are like, okay, we're here. What do we do? Russ is like, okay. Yeah. <gasps> 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 Can I rest a second? Oh, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Let me catch my breath. <laughs> yeah. It, it kind of sucks when you have to traverse clear across this huge map and, and the, the public events are timed. So like you have to get there within a certain amount of time to be considered to be a part of the event. <laughs> the new guy. Go figure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hurry up. So yeah, got one of those and I actually got a new ship, which does, it doesn't really mean much because I, it's my understanding. It's the only um, vessel that you see during the loading screens, but it's like, you know, it's a nice little aesthetic upgrade. I had the sure, little, Russ. I had the beater car equivalent of the ship when I first started <laughs> out the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Backfiring <laughs> stuff in space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now I have something much more sleek. And so that is a fun little thingy. I can't do light speed yet. I can only do a hundred mock. I can do, I can do <laughs> dimmer speed. <laughs> Yeah. I've also been playing uh, with you some Overwatch, specifically with the Junker Town, which we are going to talk about a bit later. So I don't want to get into too much of that right now. I've been playing more Injustice 2 since the Mantis came out. The kid's a new character. They're, they're just doling out these characters uh, slowly but surely. Still very excited to see when Hellboy drops. Do you remember back in the day, like in the 90s, when they had a, when Fox had that TV show of Mantis? It's vaguely like familiar. Really, I, I mean, I only, we started watching it. I don't even think we finished the, ep- the season, but I mean, it was like when we were in elementary school. 
And I, Mantis was like in a in a wheelchair or something like that. And then, oh man, this is kind of coming back. To yeah, me. yeah. And then he somehow he got this suit, and the guy was like really rich, and uh, so he got this suit, and, that, <laughs> and therefore he could uh, walk again. He became like really really strong, and then he was like fighting crime and whatever. Not the same Mantis. No, <laughs> no. This is a this is from DC Comics Mantis. <laughs> Might have been the same thing. Who knows? You, you never know. Yeah, somehow, no. somehow, I think not. I have also continued my adventures in Rise of the Tomb Raider, making my way through that. And that game is just, that's another gorgeous game. These bow and arrow games, I don't know what the deal is, but there is a certain level of TLC that is unmatched. You're, you should try Hanzo, Rush. With all this bow and arrow experience you're getting. That's you're a like, good idea. You know what I'm saying? I, I've been playing around with Hanzo during the skirmishes. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't feel like I'm at a point where I can actually like do anything that will help the team yet. So there will be a day, though. Don't you worry, Steve. I will. Mm. I will give it a go. The last little item I would like to mention is that the Joygasm website should be going live on Monday. On Monday, because last week you're like, you know what? It's going to be next weekend. That's right. So I have contacted my uh, the, the webmaster and. She will be switching over what I've designed to live status uh, probably sometime tomorrow. So mm-hmm. seeing as how today's Saturday, tomorrow's Sunday, and if all goes as planned, the, the transfer should be completed uh, probably on Monday at some point in the afternoon or something like that. So if there is no unforeseen issues or bugs or whatever, then the next time that we have episode, was it? This is episode 39, so episode 40. Episode 40. Yeah. We might be able to have a little bit of a walkthrough, so thought you'd appreciate the little update on that. I say without further ado, let's get into some gaming news, Steve. Oh, we haven't had the music in a little while, bro. That's right. To kick things off, (laughs) Nintendo to make more NES Classic and SNES Classic units. This they is a, heard you. They, I was about to say, <laughs> I, I, I would like to think that they took the time to listen to me ranting on the, a previous episode of Joygasm TV. Uh, yeah, apparently Target, just one of the stores, one of the many stores, announced that they will be receiving more than 100,000 SNES Classic units next Friday. So next Friday is the big launch day when folks who didn't pre-order the system still have a shot at getting an SNES Classic. It. I knew it. So that means that you and I, the brokes, we have to coordinate and get in line for these certain places in order to try and score one of these because people are still going to be like really trying to get one. So I'm fully prepared to get in line to hopefully either get like a midnight dropping of them or if I have to stand in line and then, you know, wait till the the break of dawn, I'm going to make sure it happens. Well, I think they close at 11 o'clock, so I don't think there's going to be no midnight dropping. With Target? Uh-huh. Well, Walmart is open 24 hours, right? <laughs> I, uh, uh, oh, uh, 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 I don't know. Maybe, Rod. Yeah. The question is, can you stay up till midnight and waiting in line there, Rod? Well, considering it's on a Friday, I I think I'm fully committed. I, I think I think I'm going to have to do what needs to be done, hmm. get into those lines. Because I know what's going to happen later on. So I'm going to have like... 500 phone calls at 8 o'clock in the morning. Steve, get in line. Steve, get in line. Steve, get in line. Come on. Let me sleep. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. I have a couple other friends, too, who are totally committed to going. So maybe we can all group up and just, you know, take some lawn chairs or something and 
I don't know, play some, uh, what, what's that game you like to play? I always forget. The, 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 the mobile game. The Clash Royale? Yeah, I was gonna say Clash of Clans. But it's Clash Royale or something. You know, well, it'll be a fun evening event. You know, we could. <laughs> Everybody's gonna be like, are you in line for the iPhone? We're like, no. Yeah, <laughs> for the SNES Classic, you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> this is the retro line. Hello. Yeah, the Last of Us Uncharted 4 co-director Bruce Straley leaves Naughty Dog. Uh, Jonathan Dornbush reports that Bruce Straley, co-director of both The Last of Us and Uncharted 4 A Thief's Inn, has announced his departure from developer Naughty Dog. In a post on Naughty Dog's official site, Straley wrote that, quote, this has been the hardest decision of my career, end quote, and that he has no current announcement about what is next or what his next steps will be. He did say, however, that he intends to, quote, continue the journey into the creative process, end quote. Straley began his time, and this is something I think is so cool. He began his time at Naughty Dog in 1999, which is when I first started going to college, working as a texture artist on Crash Team Racing. It's that Crash Bandicoot Team Racing as the company's 15th employee. So it's like it was like Crash Bandicoot's equivalent to like Mario Kart, mm -hmm. way back in the day. Uh, he's, this is a quote here. It says, From day one, I knew I was surrounded by some of the most talented, driven, and passionate people in the industry. They were pushing themselves to do things beyond what they even thought was possible, which in turn pushed me. And I loved it. End quote. Following artists' work on the Jack and uh, Daxter series, Straley worked on the Uncharted series since the first entry on the PS3 back in 2007. He is perhaps most well-known for co-directing The Last of Us and Uncharted 4 Thieves' Inn with Neil Druckmann, who continues to work at the studio as director of The Last of Us Part 2. Last year, Naughty Dog revealed that Straley would not be returning for The Last of Us sequel, instead having taken a year-long sabbatical after development on Uncharted 4 concluded, which, again, I totally understand because with a game that has that much pressure as a first-party AAA title, people just have to get some R&R. &R. You gotta take some time off to just unwind just relax decompress <clears throat> exactly let's see here bungie removing destiny 2 gauntlet that shares elements with offensive symbol i heard about this have yeah. you heard about this yeah as reported by waypoint the armor piece known as the road complex aa1 gauntlets has what resembles the kek logo featured on <laughs> the Kekistan flag, which serves oh. as a symbol of white supremacy. <laughs> this is bizarre. Um, I, I mean, one of the things about it to me is how on earth did someone notice this out of the crazy amount of gear in the game? And furthermore, how would that person know of this particular hate group? Like, I didn't even know this thing existed. Hey, 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 hey. That's our symbol. I, I <laughs> <laughs> you can't use that. But it wasn't even them that, that brought it up. I mean, it's like it's someone, some player who was playing Destiny 2 came across this piece of gear, recognized it as it being from some hate group, and then reported it to Bungie. I mean, it's just like, there is so much gear in that freaking game. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that, like, like I mean, the time it takes to, like, look at, like, each and every part of it, because when you go to the, the character screen, I mean, it's not like it's, like, front and center, like, oh, here's my gauntlet. You have to, like, really look at it. In response, Bungie took to Twitter to confirm the gauntlet will be removed from Destiny 2. Quote, it's come to our attention that a gauntlet in Destiny 2 shares elements with a hate symbol. It is not intentional. We are removing it. End quote. 
Good for them. Glad they're on top of it. Short and sweet. <clears throat> exactly. Speaking of uh, hate groups, well, this is it's not exactly a hate group, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's kind of a, the, the distant second cousin of one. PewDiePie uses racial slur during live stream. Firewatch dev threatens video takedown. This is an article I thought was, was worth talking about. YouTube personality Felix, and I'm going to say his last name wrong, but it's basically PewDiePie, has once again courted controversy after using a racial slur towards another player during a live playthrough of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Nice. Turned away just in time. I need to blow my nose. Give me just one moment. You know, Russ, you're really going to learn to cover your mouth. At some point in this uh, podcast, I'm going to inhale that entire sneeze. Yeah, you probably <laughs> inhale some debris. <laughs> a nasty. Oh, here we go. Hopefully, it'll go to uh, improving my immunities. <laughs> ah, it's so snotty. Oh my gosh, so juicy. We're gonna fill up an entire garbage can yet again, just from you. I'm doing okay over here on this side of the table. <laughs> Good grief! As reported by the BBC. PewDiePie, who has over 57 million subscribers on the video sharing website and was the first person to reach 10 billion views, was live streaming when he used the slur to refer to another player, appearing afterwards to, re to re realize his error and say, <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> you son of a... I mean, I, mean I, meant, I meant that in the most positive, most civil, polite way I could imagine. It prompted a furious response from Sean <laughs> Vanneman, creator of Firewatch, who promised via Twitter to use the DMCA, which is the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, to file for any videos of PewDiePie's featuring Firewatch to be taken down. Since then, PewDiePie's playthrough of Firewatch has since been removed from his channel, although it's unclear if it's as a result of Vanneman's actions. Veneman referred to PewDiePie as, quote, worse than a closeted racist, end quote, oh. and concedes there has to be leeway with video games in the public domain, but that he is, quote, sick of this child, PewDiePie, getting more and more and more chances to make money off of what we make, end quote. Veneman also added that he loves streamers and pointed out that Campo Santo Games sent out over 3,000 keys to streamers who wanted to play Firewatch. He also recognizes that the company is possibly complicit, saying, quote, I'm sure we've made money off of the 5.7 million views for that video, and that's something for us to think about, end quote. It's not the first time that PewDiePie has made headlines. In February of this year, Disney Maker Studios ended its affiliation with the creator following the emergence of Nazi-themed content, which he referred to as entertainment rather than political commentary. My advice to folks who are uh, public figures on the YouTube space or any space for that matter, be nice. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Moving right along, the final story, which is a big one, is that Red Dead Redemption 2 announcement is going to be coming next week. Rockstar has announced that it will release something related to Red Dead Redemption 2 next Thursday, September 28th at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. UK Time, or 1 a.m. Australian Time it's on September time. 29th. It's about time. You know, they said they were going to release something in the summer, and now summer's officially over. Now, did you actually, uh, did you see the tweet? No, I did not. It's pretty cool. It's like all done like the Red Dead Redemption 
uh, font and like that has yeah. like that red background and stuff. Oh, that, so. I, yeah, I think I they put the same one on on their Facebook. Pivoting right into movie news, and boy, do we have a lot of it. <laughs> Hellboy first look at David Harbor new logo revealed. Stranger Things' David Harbour has taken up the gauntlet and a first look at the actor as Hellboy in the upcoming reboot has been revealed. The official Hellboy Facebook account debuted the first photo of Harbour in full makeup and costume as Hellboy, as well as a black and white image of the actor on set and the film's new logo. You're not a big fan of the Ron Perlman, Guillermo del Toro Hellboy, right? Not not nearly as much as you are. Okay, yeah, I, I of course am a, a big fan of it. I was pretty impressed. And actually, you have not seen Stranger Things on Netflix, have you? Negative. Okay, that is your homework assignment. You've got to watch the first season because the second season is going to drop uh, next month. Oh. Very, very cool. It's like it's like Goonies meets E.T. meets X-Files. It all takes place in the 80s. It's really cool. But anyway, the sheriff of the show is going to be the, the next Hellboy, and they showed pictures of it on their Facebook account. It looks pretty good. I was, I was surprised at like, like just how close he looked to Ron Perlman's character. Obviously they have some, some updates and changes and stuff like that, but new star Wars episode nine release date announced star Wars episode nine will now be released on December 20th, 2019 Lucasfilm announced the altered release date comes on the same day. Lucasfilm confirmed that JJ Abrams will now take over directorial duties on the upcoming star Wars film following in his work as director on Star Wars The Force Awakens. Abrams will co-write Episode 9 alongside Chris Terrio. Patty Jenkins returning to direct Wonder Woman's sequel. It's official. Nice! We all knew it was coming. Yeah, that's right. Patty Jenkins is set to return and direct Wonder Woman 2. IGN can confirm that Jenkins has closed a deal to return to the director's chair as well as co-write and produce the Wonder Woman sequel, which is currently set to hit theaters on December 13th of 2019. So another uh, winter film for 2019. You got both Star Wars Episode Nine and Wonder Woman 2. Christmas. Those are some good presents on the tree right there. <laughs> it was reported last month that Jenkins was close to finalizing a deal that would make her the highest paid female director in Hollywood, which we covered. Though an official figure has still not been revealed, THR, which is, of course, the Hollywood Reporter, suggests that Jenkins may make anywhere in the $7 million to $9 million range with a sizable back-end deal. Around there, somewhere. I'm sure they've negotiated some sort of kickbacks in there. Like, if the film does more in proceeds, then she'll, yeah. But good for her. She deserves it. This is one that also has me piquing my interest. Joker solo movie script expected in soon could film in 2018. Hmm. Check this out, Steve. Variety film reporter Justin Kroll wrote on Twitter, rumors are the script for the film, quote, will be turned in by next week, end quote. Kroll notes that this is super fast when considering reports of a Joker origin movie surfaced less than a month ago and bodes well for 2018. The Hangover's Todd Phillips, he's the director, Uh, is said to be attached as both writer and director on the film, which will detail the origins of the Joker. Phillips is reportedly co-writing the script with Scott Silver, who uh, was also a part of 8 Mile, with Martin Scorsese attached to produce alongside Phillips. Now, here's where things get very interessante. The movie will not star Suicide Squad's Jared Leto as the Joker, but will instead serve as part 
of an unannounced imprint of DC films that tell one-off stories centered around iconic characters from DC Comics. I think that's pretty cool. Hey. Little standalone one-off stories, you know? You know what they should have? Is a Joker gets old and then bring back Jack Nicholson and, and <laughs> beat the Joker. That'd be freaking cool. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, or at least like have him do a cameo of some there sort. That'd be cool. Uh, Warner Brothers reportedly wants Leonardo DiCaprio to star in the film and play the Joker as a gritty cr- uh, crime boss in a Scorsese-esque Gotham underworld and plans to use Scorsese's involvement as a means to get him on board. Now that is something I'm not sure how I feel about because while I do think that Leo is a talented actor and I do like him in several movies, I can't see him having the the psycho complexities yeah. of the Joker. What do you think? Um, you know what I'm thinking of is... Um, <clears throat> oh, man, I can't... Man, I'm so bad at names. Uh, Freaking <laughs> Jack Sparrow, whatever his name is. With Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp! Man, it's on the tip of my tongue. He could be the Joker. I think that 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 could that is definitely you know a possibility. Remember the scene in uh, Batman Forever, uh-huh. where um, Batman Forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a Batman Forever. <laughs> I, 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 I was tracking with you. Uh, I was like, the Dark Knight, yeah. Val Kilmer, no, okay. the Dark Knight, <laughs> and um, <laughs> so they're in the jail. And Heath Ledger's there, and he's and they've arrested him, and um, he, he starts applauding. Yeah, and that, I mean that's freaking Johnny Depp right there. If Johnny Depp couldn't, yeah, that had Johnny Depp written all over it. Yeah, yeah. Anyone else you think could be a good Joker, or is that the only one that comes to mind? Uh, CG Heath Ledger. No. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along, True Lies. Here's a story that you were interested in, Steve. Mm. Arrow. Remember the movie Arrow? Uh, remember the TV series. You know, I'm not exactly sure it, what this is, if, if this is Arrow, the TV show, or if it's Arrow from the movie, but it's one or the other. But anyway, Arrow co-creator Mark Guggenheim. Actually, could you do me a favor, Steve, while I get M- this? M. Dibbit for you? Yeah, would you mind? Mm-hmm. Nah, nah. <clears throat> Mark is M-A-R-C, not M-A-R-K. And Guggenheim is G-U-G-G-E-N-H-E-I-M. It's it's Deutsch. Let's see. Anyway, Mark Guggenheim developing TV remake of Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Deadline reports Fox has given a put pilot commitment to an hour-long episode. McGee, who's a director, he's directed quite a few different films. Oh, what do you have for me? Filmography. Oh, it's TV show Arrow. There okay. you go. Thank That's you. That's it. Uh, anyway, McGee, who has been um, a director of, of various movies in the past, I think the one that comes to mind most is the the Charlie's Angels uh, remakes that he did. He is, uh, I think he also did Terminator. He, I think he did Terminator Salvation, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, he's attached to direct the pilot with Arrow co-creator Mark Guggenheim writing the script. Guggenheim will executive produce alongside McGee and James Cameron, the latter of whom directed the 1994 Arnold Schwarzenegger-led action film, of course. I think that there is some some potential for that. I, the only thing that I think will be at the crux of this whole entire success versus fail for the TV show, who is going to play the main character? <laughs> because there are certain key ingredients that made True Lies a success. One of which was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Another of which was that James Cameron directed it. Yeah. So, you know, you have his crew that's in there. 
Jamie Lee Curtis also was a, a, a very much a, a linchpin of True Lies as well in terms of just how memorable it was. So we'll have to see it. We'll, 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 keep, we'll keep a sharp eye on the horizon on that one. Plus, they, I know that you both you and I like that yeah, movie. Yeah, well, they, I was going to say they used a lot of practical effects in the, in the movie too. Yeah. Friggin' Harriers blowing up bridges. Love, oh, man. I love me some Jump Harrier Jets. There you go. Also, too, this is just a side note. Um, did you know there's a Lethal Weapon TV show that's already I out? I heard it was coming AI. I don't know if it's already out now or what the deal is, but anyway, it's, it's also worth mentioning because I, I would like to check that out and see if it's any good because I was a fan of the, the classic movies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover action. Another headline here is that John Wick 3 release date announced (laughs) very very happy to hear that the hollywood reporter said that lionsgate has set a release date for john wick chapter three the third film in the keanu reeves led action series will hit theaters on may 17th of 2019 once again another 2019 Mm. film 2019 i'm telling you we've got a lot of good stories (laughs) let's just skip ahead they better have some more car chases with some good cars. I want, I want to see some muscly cars, some more Mustangs maybe, you know, like in John Wick 1. Oh, yeah. John, John Wick 2, we didn't get much car stuff. We did a little bit, but not nearly as much as it, it was in front and center. In it the, was toward uh, the beginning of the movie during yeah. the opening credits. But yeah, I, I would like to see some more some more car goodness. Although, yeah. man, John Wick 2, was, Chapter 2 was still... It was still good. Oh, I mean, still The story badass. was great. A lot of gunplay. I mean, Keanu Reeves, freaking a lot of stuff went good in that movie. I just want some more car stuff, Russ. I know. You're, you're a car guy. I mm-hmm. get you. So the next thing here is the fact that Netflix dropped a brand new trailer for the Punisher series that's yes. coming out here. I have not seen it. Have you seen it? Uh, I've seen little bits and pieces, but I knew you were going to play it, so I held off, Russ. Hell, thank you. Let's give it a listen here, and then we will comment right afterwards. <laughs> Ooh, that's a Metallica song right there. That's an acoustic version of one. It's plenty of time now that you're home. I've got your Jeez. Ah, man. Woo. I'm liking it. Ah. Uh. A little sound editing in line with the music. My pleasure. What do you know about my family? I don't know anything. Fair enough. They killed my family to get to me. It was part of a covert CIA operation. George wants me dead. Homeland. The FBI. Everybody's part of this. You and me, we want the same thing. So work with me. One condition. I'm gonna kill them all. Yeah, I can live with that.
look like the work of a dead man to you. That is so well done. Even yeah. You, you don't even know how perfect that song is for that series. Oh I'm my telling gosh. you, I, I, I love Metallica. I, you know, and if you read the lyrics of that song, that song is literally the epitome of Frank Castle. Really? It is. I mean, I'm telling you, it, the song's about war, but I mean, the, what he, what uh, um, James is singing about in that song really epitomizes Frank Castle. Sure. It, I mean, that it, whoever... He's pumped, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, I got to see it. Stevovich is pumped. Uh, I'm glad they're making it a series instead of a movie because the original movie wasn't bad. Did you ever see the original Punisher? I did, yeah. I saw, the, actually, there, there were two Punisher movies that yeah. were made with uh, two completely different actors and they were both pretty decent. Yeah, they were not, yeah, they, they were not uh, bad movies at all, but you you did want more. Yeah. And I think it's important that they, they start making these uh, successful comic book uh, uh, series is in, into a TV series because if you get a, a small movie, you know, it's great and all, but at the same time, these comics spanned a lot of time. There's they a do. lot of story to be told. And if they just bring out the series and they can draw out all the details, that's good on them. I'm, I'm very excited as well. I, I was just th really, I don't know what it is. Ever since I saw Baby Driver, I love when people take the time to have the sound effects I know get don't. in sync with the music itself, yeah. it just adds so much more to the moment. Um, but also just the fact that um, I can't remember. Can you M dib uh, just like tr try M dibbing the, the Punisher Netflix. I can't remember who the, the main actor's name is, but he was on the walking dead. He was actually a part of the walking dead season one, two, I think maybe even three. Uh, there he is. John Bernthal there. Thank you very much. Um, I'm a big fan of his actually from the walking dead series. And so seeing him get cast as the main character in Punisher, um, definitely a great fit. He has the, the, the aggression. He has like, like the, the, um, psychological torture going on. I mean, he, he has a lot of that. He was also in, um, the Wolf of Wall Street. He was uh, he was Leonardo DiCaprio's buddy who like sold drugs on the side and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, one thing they I hope they do in that series is uh, I I and I'm not trying to uh, you know crap on it or anything, but there was a dark comic. I mean, oh, it's, it's dark. Absolutely. I and I hope they don't turn it into like just this pure action flick without leaving that 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 darkness, that bitterness, because that's what the comic really was about. I mean, the guy kind of in a way. Foregone, foregone his soul, you know, because for revenge. Yeah, I mean, it's dark. Yeah, so I don't want it to be like this kind of action to blow him up kind of thing. I, I really want it to be uh, to, to be true to the comic. I think you will be pleased as punch just because the secret sauce to exactly what it is that you're asking for is the fact that Netflix is the one who's carrying it. Yeah, Netflix has done a masterful job of every series that they have come out with. That I mean, it, they they don't have any kind of um, kitty gloves that they use on stuff. I mean, they, it's very raw and it's very right. Yeah. Like everything, like each, each each show I've watched on there, whether it's Narcos or it's Stranger Things or Orange is the New Black, whatever it is. I mean, like like they just House of Cards. House of Cards, baby. I mean, yeah, they, they're firing on all cylinders. I think this is a wonderful addition to uh, the, the overall Netflix series library. So the second um, trailer that I wanted us to check out, and again, I have not seen this, but this is the Tomb Raider trailer for the new film that's coming out soon. Have you seen this? 
Uh, again, I start seeing clips, and I was like, oh, I know Russ is going to talk about it. I'm going to hold off. I appreciate that, Steve. Well, let's take a look. It's because I respect you. Well, I love you. individual. Yeah. What's your name? Laura. Surname? Croft. Laura, your father's gone. You can pick up where he left off. I see so much of him in you. Brilliant. Hello, Sprout. If you're listening to this, then I must be dead. I found something. A tomb called the Mother of Death. If Trinity succeeds, our world is in danger. Promise me you will stop them. I promise. I think I know where my dad went. That's right in the middle of the Devil's Sea. It will be an adventure. Death is not an adventure. Shouldn't have come here. But I'm glad that you did. What do you know about my father? Now I see the likeness to recklessness. Close the tomb once and for all. The fate of humanity is now in your hands. be too careful these days. The world has gone bloody mad. I'll take two. What do you think? Um, I, it looks kind of popcorn-y. Uh-huh. Um, but at the same time, uh, something different they, they're doing uh, with this movie or a different direction that they're going versus the old movie uh, with, I think it was Angelina Jolie and it is with the old movie, they really stuck to like the sex appeal, you right. know? Uh-huh. And in this one, it looks like they're going more for the feminine, strong, independent female. It's very much like the rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, exactly. As well as the Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider reboot. Some of her expressions even <laughs> look pretty close to the game. Uh-huh. But I'm glad they're going this direction um, because they, they could do, they could accomplish far more using this style than the previous style. Sure. Uh, and... You know, I mean, she Tomb, Tomb Raider or Laura Croft is like the female Indiana Jones. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's definitely a good formula, and uh, this latest iteration of the game too was is is the best out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I I've played some of the older ones and I just kind of got bored of them. This one, I mean, I really enjoy at least watching you play it. I don't yeah, know the game yeah. myself, but um, this one by far is uh, is definitely the best. So. Uh, I think if they're going to stick with this kind of formula, I think it uh, might uh, do better than the other one. I'm very curious about it too because it looks like they are, in fact, 
following what the gaming uh, community has done, which was just do a reboot of Lara Croft. So it's kind of more during her origin story. She's a lot more innocent. She doesn't have like, like if you, if you recall a lot of the older Tomb Raider movies and games, she had a more of a, a callousness to her, a lot more of like just too cool for school. Nothing right. phased her kind of thing. Right. <clears throat> I found that personally to be kind of shallow, kind of one dimensional. Right. And so that's why I've been really loving the reboot of the Tomb Raider franchise because now we see someone who's more vulnerable. We see someone who um, hasn't had her innocence stripped from her and all that. You know, she, she's going through this hero's journey and, and that sort of thing. So in terms of the movie, uh, I think it has potential. I definitely appreciated a lot of the nods to the games, like what you just said. I think the jury is still out regarding whether or not it's going to be a movie that it's going to be... Like just like there's just an awesome movie versus yeah. like no okay it was good you know like like I I think that I'm still open to possibly seeing it in the theaters you know if if you were to ask me is it a movie that I would wait uh, for it to come out on Netflix or Amazon Prime something like that um, versus going to see it in the theater I think I'm still open to seeing it in the theater I, I think it'd still be uh, worth checking out because I think they're taking a more mature approach I guess from based on, I mean, there, a lot of what this was, was a teaser. So we're not seeing yeah. a lot of exp exposition being uh, told, but yeah, I, I think, I think the Punisher definitely got me much more like, Whoa, <laughs> yeah. So I do believe Steve, it is that time. Do you know what time it is? High noon. Oh, it's, it's not <laughs> high noon. Technically it's a, uh, uh, it's almost 2 PM. You but know what time it is? I think you do know that <laughs> it is time for the topic of the day. The topic of the day today is going to be based around the Overwatch Junkertown map, which got dropped, I believe it was two weeks ago? Mm, I think it was Tuesday. It was this past Tuesday? Mm -hmm. Or was it, was it the Tuesday? <laughs> um, so what do you think of it? I like the map. I, I was immediately more drawn to this map than I was with Horizon. Horizon, I was uh, pretty much done with after the first night I was playing it. Lunar Horizon. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, Lunar Horizon felt a little more claustrophobic. This feels way more open. Uh, I like just the uh, Mad Max feel of it. Uh -huh. um, I mean, it's very Junkrat, Roadhog kind of deal. Sure. Um, but I tell you, though, <laughs> those the, the first two choke points those are rough man they i mean very rough they're very different from grief. the other maps aren't yeah, they yeah especially the second one if you can get through the second one like it's it's pretty much clear coasting for you but oh but i like all like the colors that they use and i like all the little like um background little details with rivers and the extra little uh like rusted out apartment buildings or houses you know dwellings sure. um I like the motorcycle that you can, you know, bust apart in there. It looks totally, I mean, you can totally see Roadhog and uh -huh. Junkrat sitting in there. Uh, I like the music that they chose uh -huh. for it. Um, you know, one thing, a couple things we have to talk about also is that uh, Diva got her new ability and Mercy got her new ability there, Russ. Those yeah. drop in the same day. Yeah, that's true. 
I, uh, I really like the map. I think that um, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think that I like it more than Lunar uh, Colony or Horizon or whatever it's called. What is it called? Lunar Horizon? I think it's Lunar Horizon. Something like that. Anyway, I mean, and, and that map is, is yeah, it's, it's okay. It's not like, I, it's not that I don't like it, but I do feel like, like it's not one that I, I get excited about when it comes up. It's like, oh, okay, we're going to play yeah. here. However, Junkertown is a lot of fun. Yeah. To me, it's just, I love the layout of the map. Um, I love how like when you right when you're out the gate, I mean, it's it's very much an open map yeah. during the first 75 percent of the whole thing. And it's cool because you're you're really thrown for a loop. It's just something because we've been conditioned due to previous maps where it has kind of more of a zigzag maze like feel in order to get to where we need to go regarding um you know, the, the, the territories that we need to, to, to take over or if we're trying to, to move the payload. It just really kind of depends on, on which map you're on. But this one, it's just, I mean, it's, it feels like a WWF SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, you know, all these guys are just, just, just as soon as those gates open, it's just this huge fight to like just just it, it, but it's not like an epic fight it's like it, it's it's like a barnyard brawl it yeah. really does have that that undertone to it which is great yeah i, I really do appreciate the um the kind of the 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 metal shacks that they have <laughs> that you can run in and out of and the staircases and stuff it just it feels just very grungy worn down grungy yeah and I just, I, I think it's a perfect fit for, like you said, like for Roadhog as well as, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Junkrat. Junkrat. Thank you. I was <laughs> going to say Junkyard. I know, it sounds familiar to Junkertown. I don't know. Junker, what it is. Junk, yeah. Junk, Junk, <laughs> yeah. Junkity. What's kind of cool about the map too is uh, that it's not kind of specific to any character. You can choose still any character and... And it, it, it fits. Like, you know how, how certain maps you can only choose? Like, Winston, you can't really choose certain maps with him. Like, he's not very good. Or, yeah. or Pharaoh, for yeah. example. Um, so some maps are more complementary to a certain character. Th this map, you can kind of choose everybody and have something that'll uh, bring out their strength. It's true. And actually, since you talked about that, two characters that come to mind, well, three, really, Widowmaker, Bastion, and Hanzo are just amazing like if, if you're good at any one of those three characters during the first 75 percent of this map you can just lay waste to oh. the opposing team i mean like especially with like widowmaker widowmaker freaking i've been widowmaker. sniped oh, more times gosh. on this map than i have on any other overwatch map it's just amazing to me i'm just like this is how on earth is she scoring and, and literally it, it's it's just due to the the layout of the map i was playing for the last time last night <laughs> and I don't know if the game kept putting me with the same like prodigy child freaking Widowmaker. Oh my goodness. Like everywhere I, I popped out, she was there waiting for me uh -huh. and, and dropped me. I mean, I was alive for five seconds. Like, okay, here I am. I'm ready to go. Pow. Uh -huh. Okay. And I have to wait like, you know, was it 10, 13 <laughs> seconds or whatever to get respawned. Then yeah. I'm back. I mean, I was spent more time death spectating than I actually did in combat. Oh man, I, it's true. I mean, like yeah, when I was playing it too, it was, I had the same kind of feeling like, am I playing against some sort of prodigy player? Who's just really amazing at Widowmaker? But it's like every match I would play on different days, different players. It's just Widowmaker really is a great character to play. If you're into sniping, you play more as a supportive role in the back part of uh, your team. She just, like I said, she just lays waste to folks. I did notice too that there are quite a few players I've played against who have 
the golden weapon. And I don't know if that's just a coincidence in terms of the, the result of people playing Overwatch for a certain amount of time and more folks are able to, to, to unlock that. I think the only way that you can unlock that, though, is through playing through competitive mode, right? Yeah, you got to get 3,000 competitive points and then you can, get the, you can spend it on the golden weapon. Yeah, I've noticed on um, the Junkertown map, and this is just so weird, but I've seen a lot of folks who have the golden weapon, whether it's Widowmaker or Hanzo. It's just bizarre to me. I'm like, how is... Are we just like attracting a certain crowd because it's a new map or yeah. what's the deal? But anyway, what were you going to say? Uh, no, I, I was going to add in McCree there too. I've, I've had a lot of time uh, with er, dying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm watching the replays of McCree's golden revolver dropping me. Sure. Uh, so yeah, a lot of Hanzo, a lot of McCree, and a lot of uh, just basically I think the, the sniping characters, like you know, not up, not the up close. Speaking of up close, I, I think they they buffed uh, Tracer a little bit. Really? Yeah. I mean, there's been times where she's right up on me, and she just drops me quicker than Bastion can with his Gatling gun. Weird. And and I'm not getting hit by anybody. I'm thinking, that was quick. Like, I died in, like, less than two seconds. I mean, usually she's, like, spraying you, and then she'll blink, and then she'll come back and finish you off, right? This time she just goes, and that's it, and then she's gone, and then you're dead. And you're full health? Yeah. I'm like, that's never happened before until now. I I haven't heard anything. I'm yeah, not neither exactly have I. Sure, but what's interesting, too, is that once, like you say, once you get past... The, the two thirds of the map and, and the, the gates open and now yeah. you're in the area with like the, the, the churning windmill that of thing sorts. Is cool. That is really yeah. cool. I, I really do appreciate just how that all fits in. And I love too, the map is, is really well designed in the sense that um, if you are defending, if you're trying to, to prevent the payload from coming, once you're in that part of the map, your focus is so intense on like kind of the openings of, of where uh, players are coming through that there is that back door, yeah. both on the ground and in, in the air above the fan that like, if you're like a Pharah or some other character who has the ability to get up there, like Widowmaker, you can totally flank the mm -hmm. defending team, get behind them and really break their, their back, so to speak. Because I think that that's happened for, for us on quite a few occasions where we're trying to push the payload through and they're able to really hold us kind of at the gate. We mm -hmm. can't do anything until someone is able to get around behind them and then begin to pick off some of them, at which point then we can overwhelm them and continue to move forward. Right. Flank their ranks. Exactly. Uh, but it, it's, it's a map that I just, I'm glad that they have it as a feature now. Currently, I'm sure it'll get thrown in with all the others after a while, but I'm glad that you can just play it on repeat for now and just yeah. enjoy it over and over. Yeah. It's, 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 Definitely a welcome addition to the um, the maps overall. Well, with that also that that churning, uh, you know, big windmill kind of thing in the in the in the center of the of the last point on the map, uh, it's nice to have something that's moving other than a platform. Because uh -huh. in some of the maps, like the only thing that's really moving besides the payload is like a couple of platforms, you know, kind of in the air and you're going, okay, you know, that's, that's cool, I guess. Sure. But having part of the map actually, you know, something big like that, you know, you yeah. know, moving around that, that's cool. I like it from a design point. Yeah. It, I like things that, that make you feel tiny as a character. Yeah. Well, plus they're also being interactive as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're not just on stationary, you know, elevated positions. You're on stuff that's moving. Right, yeah, and I haven't played too many other characters. I think I've played mostly as Pharah or D.Va, which are my two kind of go-to characters. But like Bastion, for example, Bastion, 
he blends so well into that map. Yeah. All of the rustic uh, textures and, and, and the palettes and of colors totally work to his advantage. I've been mowed down so many times by Bastion just being in different positions. I just don't notice him until it's too late. Yeah. Well, well, that's, a, that's a character that I want to be able to try with um, and see if I can have the same results. It's funny because I think he blends in more than Torbjorn's turret, which I would think that Torbjorn's turret, because it's kind of smaller, would sure. blend in. The only thing that gives it away is once it targets you, it makes that beeping sound. So you kind of figure out where it is right away. But I um, noticed that you were struggling with keeping your turret up and running on Junkertown. Oh, <laughs> Like other maps I've seen you play, you can keep your turret up for quite a while before it gets yeah. shot down. No, I, it, it really, well, I think it depends on the team that you're with because a part of keeping that turret alive is you, you have to be in front of the turret to draw some fire away from it so it can auto-target and shoot and the rest of your team and you uh, can keep fire away from it. Um what happens in, in Junkertown is that, at least in the beginning, you have, there's a lot of focus around the payload and just getting out there and getting the payload moving. And so at some point, the, uh, the attack team gets traction and then they can finally push forward. Right. And then from there, you might as well not even, you might as well just set up near where the first, uh, the end of the first point is. Yeah. Because it, it's going to be quick after they get that thing mo uh, mobile then they'll just round the corners and, and then there they are. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to figure out a, a decent spot to put the turret. And in the beginning, like the first minute, I, I have it locked. And then once they figure it out, it's usually pretty much always a, a diva or a Widowmaker uh -huh. that uh, mows it down, mows me down. And, <laughs> uh, and then that's that. I got to set up, you know, way further back. When I'm defending, um, I have tested it out using Symmetra. The Symmetra is one of my favorites to use for when I'm on defense. I haven't found a good flow for her yet on Junkertown. I've tried setting up my sentries here and there, and I mean, I'll, I'll get a kill here and there, but it's not to the extent of some of the other maps. I'm still trying to figure out, okay, where are kind of the, the party points at where people will inevitably end up shooting at each other and stuff, and so far, I haven't had that. Like, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll run right up to the doors of the opposing team before they're, they're able to come out and I'll set up my sentries there. And usually that'll do pretty well. That'll, that'll get quite a few folks uh, either injured or killed. And that way my ultimate can be charged up in no time. But on Junkertown, it's a different story. For some reason, the people just realize that they're there uh, or they're able to escape it. I'm not exactly sure, but... I'm I'm still gonna I'm gonna try some things out with it and and actually I think this this is a testament to the game overall. I feel compelled to give other characters I don't normally play a chance because I think there might be certain opportunities to to gain the upper hand. Yeah, I think the turrets at least in this one. Um, I mean, some of the other maps in the beginning. I, I mean, they're gonna figure out where they are because they're gonna keep on dying from it, and they're gonna hear the, the, those beams coming at you. Yeah. And uh, this one, I think you can tuck yourself away uh, if if you're the defending team. Uh, you can kind of, or excuse me, the attacking team. You can kind of tuck yourself away uh, to not get fired upon, uh -huh. and then you can single handedly, you know, just destroy all those little turrets. Cause that's one thing that you for sure get credit on towards your ultimate. Yeah. Uh, and then you can go outside and pay attention to the, to uh, the rest of the, uh, the players. Um, but that part's easy. And, um, 
plus out, everyone's just frustrated from <laughs> dying so many times. Like, oh, I got to get that turret. You know, and once, uh-huh. it, and once it's gone, it's gone. You're not going to, you know, <laughs> the Symmetra is not going to go back to the, the spawn point and put them up. She's going to put them up uh, behind the rest of the team. So once they're gone from that little spot, then uh, there's no more worry. Right. Yeah, Reaper, I notice, also tends to do pretty well in the Junkertown map, but I haven't used them yet. But there are several instances I've noticed where it's just like, wow, this guy is really cleaning up here and there. I think he struggles a bit during kind of the midpoint where it's just open. Yeah. There's not a lot of buildings to hide in and that sort of thing. I think he's kind of uh, a bit more of a struggling character at that point. But the, the first part of, of the map and and the, the latter half, I mean, he's really running around and, and capitalizing on, on different weaknesses that the, yeah. the, the other team has. So that's one I'm looking forward to using. I'm trying to think of some of the other characters. I haven't really played against Doomfist on Junkertown. I think maybe one time there was someone who selected Doomfist. Um, I think that when it comes to the map, I think that that's potentially a good character to use. So there's a lot of up close and personal with Doomfist and the map is once you get past the spawn point is very up close and personal. Uh-huh. So, but he, and just how he can fly off and do his, his uppercut to get out of the way or, or, uh, his rocket punch mm-hmm. that, that would be good with, uh, with, with Doomfist. You know, who's better, uh, in this map than some other maps is Sombra. Sombra. Now that's an interesting character to think about. Yeah, I could see how she could do pretty well in that, that map as well. There's a lot of stairwells in, uh, in the map and she just run, she can pretty much escape anywhere. Well, using her cloaking ability, just being able to flank the, like, right. like we talked about earlier, being able to get behind the other team and then start to act as a disruptor. Or like, like you said, even in the, in the buildings, there are enough shacks around that she could duck in and out of and, and be annoying. That could definitely work. Also, there are quite a few different areas where she could use her, um, what is it called? It's that little transporter device, but it's like, it basically allows her to beam from one spot to another. It gets her out of uh, hairy situations. I could definitely see that. That's another character that'd be worth trying out. Now you have been playing as Mercy and you've been testing out some of the, the latest character gameplay attributes to it. What do you think overall? They... It's like it's it's Mercy 2.0. They've totally changed the, the the dynamic. Do you feel like it's a completely different character with her ultimate? Yeah, and even with some of her abilities that have that have changed. Like just let's just talk about the res, for example. I could res people from further away sure. with the old Mercy. This one you have to be really close to the person to to res them, which kind of like. You have to be like right up on them. Uh-huh. And before you could be like a few character, you know, widths away. Um, so, and the 30 seconds, like that, that's a long time to wait. Sure. The thing is with her ultimate is it's all about uh, progress, pushing forward. And sometimes if you were to raise the team as the old mercy, Junkrat or Diva or somebody would just kill them all off and then you're back to square one again. So you have no ability now to raise the team if you, as an option. No. So it's only one character at a time. Every 30 seconds. Man, that does change up a lot. The thing is, is when she does use her ultimate, it has that chain reaction, the kind of like that conductivity where mm-hmm. if the team can stick together, then the whole team is healed and or the whole team has their attacks boosted. 
And so I found that if I can at least, if, if the team would stick together and I would have my ultimate, we could push a lot, like far. Uh-huh. Um, but if everyone's just doing their own thing and just trying to one man army it out there, then we, we couldn't get very far because I can't, I can't heal people that are further than my reach. Or if I can, then I'm not healing the other people that are closer to me and I have to pick one or the other. So if people are being a group, then they all get healed. If they're all scattered in five different directions, then right. I can't heal you. Uh, what's not all, but, um, what's nice is that she, <laughs> when she's in her ult though, she can reach a lot further because sometimes, wait, so you're saying when she's her new ultimate with her, with the new ultimate, she can reach the, the healing stream or, or, um, the boost stream. She can reach a lot further. I'm okay. almost, and if I can get a target on the character, then I can reach them rather as before. If I, I would, I would have to get a certain distance away to even get that target to fly towards them to heal them. Right now, I can stay where I am, and if I'm ulted, then I can. And, and there's a target there, then I can, I can reach them. Have you tried going on offense during your ult? Uh, not so much because a the team gets pissed off at you if if you're <laughs> if you're not if you're mercy and you start shooting people and like are you gonna heal us like you're the healer like why don't you stay you know uh, i hear pre- people in the chat going why is our mercy shooting shouldn't, shouldn't our mercy be healing us or um, yeah well if you were doing a better job shooting people than you know <laughs> keeping me okay alive then i wouldn't have to it's you so know funny how you have the talkative groups i never hear anybody talk yeah uh so Anyway, I mean, I've got a lot of headshots actually with Mercy. <laughs> They're not bad. But well, the reason why I ask is just that I've played against certain players who were Mercy and they do a nice job of balancing out healing and giving folks a boost as well as if they see an opportunity just to whip out their pistol and start shooting, especially when they're, when they're doing their ultimate, I've actually been on the receiving end of that. I've died quite a few times from a Mercy who just all of a sudden ults and then comes up and puts me in her crosshairs. So I was curious to see if you had played around with that or if you were just more getting to grips with the, the 2.0. I've done both. I've played against uh, some really good mercies and I've played with some really bad mercies mm-hmm. where like you're in the spawn point and they just start healing you. I'm like, why are you healing me? Why don't you start boosting my attack? Cause that's what I'm going to have to use. Sure. Like I don't need, everyone has full health. Why are you healing me at this point? Right. <laughs> Uh, or, or a mercy will just focus on one character, maybe that they're mic'd with. Uh, and so the rest of the team is just hurting, but except for that one character. So they're not paying attention to the rest of the team. That's what you have to do with mercy. You have to pay attention to your own team and not the other team. Yeah. Let your attack characters pay attention to the, to the other a team. Now with diva, uh, I didn't get a chance to really, Oh, good job. What? <laughs> <laughs> Not even a chance to really use her, her, her new abilities. How are you going to say what? I was playing. Well, I was in a skirmish. I wasn't in an actual match. And I thought I was in an actual match. I chose D.Va and I started to just mess around with things during the skirmish. And so the rockets are a nice addition. I don't really know how effective they're going to be in combat. It's something that I mean, I've been I'm playing so many games at, at once right now. I don't have. <sighs> But at, back in the day, I would play hours upon hours of, of Overwatch, but now it, it's been cut down significantly because I'm just trying to get caught up in everything. So I still need to actually see what that does to the overall character because I have talked many times before in the, um, in the past on Joygasm about how they've really nerfed D.Va too much. In my opinion, it's just that they've taken away so much. She's to me, she's very difficult to get results with as a character. Like I've I've played against certain characters 
or excuse me, cer- certain gamers who use her as a character. And they'll have some success with her, but she was not the the powerhouse juggernaut that she once was, which, I mean, I understand. Like, when she first came out, she was way too overpowered. They needed to nerf her down. But I feel like there has been the kind of the, the instead of coming halfway, the pendulum has swung the entire other side. Yeah. And I was just like, my goodness, I can't do anything with this this character. The thing with nerfing and balancing is nerfing and balancing because typically when if there's balance changes it tips one point or the other like okay yeah. when's the scale actually going to be even and that's the hard part right so sometimes they'll give they'll make her strong but then they'll weaken some other ability and then that ability is the ability that all the players love and they're like oh well, I don't want to play diva anymore because I like that ability yeah you know so like this one they 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 brought her shield ability down but they gave her uh, the rockets yeah so and in a way they you know it kind of cancels each other out uh i don't play diva nearly at uh-huh. all really uh, i mean i've experimented a little bit um but um one thing I, I can't stand is that they 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 made her say bang every single time she uses the rockets except every time every time Except if she's flying, like she has their little three second um, boost, yeah. boost, and she does rockets, she won't say anything. Other than that, I, I'm telling you, I've been playing it the entire week, and I'm like, is she saying it every single time? And I'll follow like the, the my my teammate around as he's as they're playing diva, and you're like, oh, bang! Wait, the cooldown, bang! Wait, the cooldown, bang! I'm thinking, just oh my gosh, like stop saying that. Yeah, they'll probably come out with with Man. additional voice lines, or maybe they'll they'll. Cool that one oh, down a little bit so it's not all the time. have to. I mean, I play with Diva <laughs> so often that she says it. I mean, a lot of the characters will say multiple things when they, they use different abilities. Sure, uh, sure. Or they might not say anything at all. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, she's... <laughs> Well, the problem too as a diva player is you don't want to like announce where you are all the time. I I understand that if you want to have certain moves have call outs, like the ultimate, for example, it gives players a chance to be able to to run for cover and hide. Okay, I get that. But you don't, I mean, like if you were in an actual battle, you're not constantly being all loud and like letting people know precisely what your location is. It's just, I feel like it's a bit, it's a bit overkill in, in that regard. Cause like yeah, like if I'm thinking of Genji, Genji will throw ninja stars, but he won't make any sounds with it. Right. When he does his kind of his sword thrust, when he when he go when he kind of leaps forward, you'll have that <laughs> kind of sound. <laughs> How does it go again? Yeah. <laughs> you only get one shot. So yeah, you can kind of tell where he is a little bit, but he's such a fast character. I mean, like you could hear that sound and then think he's in a certain area. By the time you get over there, he's already gone. So there is compensation for that. So we'll see what, how it goes. I I'm, I'm sure that if there, if enough folks in the, the overwatch community speak up, that they'll probably make some changes. They're always <laughs> tweaking the game. They are. Are there any other thoughts that you had regarding Junkertown? Uh, I don't think there is, right? The final thought I have on it, and it goes back to an idea that I talked about on a previous episode of Joygasm, is I'd love to see some sort of environmental hazards. And I feel like Junkertown is prime for this, just based off the persona of the map. I would love to see something that has to do with the environments that could get your character either injured or killed as a result if you're not paying attention to where you are on the map. I just think it would just be, I mean, whether it's like there's like a furnace that opens and closes or you have sharp, you know, 
I don't know, blade saws or something that are going on. I don't know. It's just that there, there's too much of a potential to be able to add that in and be able to add that to your strategy. Like if you're trying to take somebody out and they're not paying attention to where they're running, they could strafe right into something. I don't know. I think that that, that would be a nice evolutionary step for the Overwatch game. Um, but that's, that's about it. Other than that, I really do love the map. I think you do too. I think, I think it's a slam dunk addition to Overwatch itself and we will be playing many, many more nights with it, that map. Indeed. Well, I think that about wraps it up. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to show us some love, you can find us on Twitter at JoyGasmTV and Facebook.com slash JoyGasmTV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can also listen to our podcast on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash JoyGasmTV or search JoyGasmTV on YouTube and Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live. And we've been doing that weeknights right around 9 p.m. Central Time. And so we, we started out doing it Wednesday nights, but I think we're going to start to make it Monday through Friday just because we're playing anyway. You might as well come and join us. We'd love for you to stop by and say hello. Until then, we'll bid you adieu, and we'll see you next time. Adieu. Adieu.